Welcome to the Deep Bible Studies podcast, where we discover, explore, examine, and practice the Word of God. I am your host, Claudia Rivera Guevara, and today we'll be going through John 7, 37-39, part 2. And so, let's get started. We're currently in the passage, Rivers of Living Water, and so verse 37 says, On the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood and cried out, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. And so, the feast referred to here is the Feast of Booths, specifically the last day. As the people remembered God's faithfulness and provision over the ages, in this case, their ancestors in the wilderness after being delivered from Egypt, they reminisce upon his miraculous signs. For example, the provision of the water from the rock in Exodus 17, two through six, which says, Therefore the people quarreled with Moses and said, Give us water to drink. And Moses said to them, Why do you quarrel with me? Why do you test the Lord? But the people thirsted there for water. And the people grumbled against Moses and said, Why did you bring us out of Egypt to kill us and our children and our livestock with thirst? So Moses cried to the Lord, What shall I do with these people? They're almost ready to stone me. And the Lord said to Moses, Pass on before the people taking with you some of the elders of Israel and take in your hand the staff in which you struck the Nile River and go. Behold, I will stand before you there on the rock at Horeb and you shall strike the rock and the water shall come out and the people will drink. And Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. And so John Piper preached in regards to the rivers from the heart that, quote, Jesus is the fulfillment in the sense that the saving power and grace of God, which the Jews celebrated, were now present and uniquely available in Jesus. And so the longing for God and for the arrival of his kingdom was kept alive by the reoccurring feast. That's the importance of them need not be a mere longing anymore. God had now drawn near in his son and he offered his saving rule to all who would submit. The waiting was over. And as Jesus said, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel in Mark 1.15. And so salvation is for all. The invitation is universal, but it's also conditional because Jesus says, if anyone thirst, let him come to me. All men do thirst, but not for God. Sin is the longing for things other than God, making an idol to justify our desires, whether it's money, the self, a person, etc. We have with our self-seeking, deceitful hearts sought to preserve our finite, fickle desires, sought to preserve ourselves instead of submitting to God. Is that not true? We have refused to know him and instead decide to offend him by going against him and each other by lying, stealing, blaspheming, hating, committing adultery, lusting, murder, dishonoring, thinking, and doing vile things, creating idols as is mostly talked about in this passage, enslaving people, slaughtering millions, loving money before God and more. So how can we possibly say that man is fundamentally good and therefore he fundamentally thirsts for good? Yet God has not lifted his common grace and even more has offered saving grace from sin, from his wrath, through his son, who is the fulfillment of the scriptures of these feasts and took our place offering this living water, reconciliation to God, redemption, the Holy Spirit. And so we ought to thirst. 
That is a condition that Jesus states here. And Pastor John Piper, again, he explains there are no ethnic, intellectual, or social qualifications for drinking at Jesus's fountain. The invitation goes to all. Everyone in this room has a personal invitation from Jesus to come to him and drink. There's one condition though, you have to be thirsty. We are afflicted and blessed with a chronic restlessness and an insatiable soul thirst for this reason that we might keep looking until we find Christ. And that having found him, we might be turned back to him again and again when we taste other springs and find them bitter. We were made for God. The taste buds of our souls were made to relish fellowship with the Son of God, but we have become sinners, and the fundamental meaning of this sin is thirsting for things other than God, as we talked about before. And what he says now is God is gracious. He frustrates, I love this, he frustrates the human race again and again. He causes every wreath to wither, every gold cup to tarnish, every muscle to sag, every face to wrinkle, every sexual exploit to go sour, every sin to sting until we have put him off too long. He wants us for himself. He wants everything but himself to grow dim in our eyes. And so Acts 2.21 says, And it shall come to pass that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Everyone, it says. So this repentance and belief that is grounded upon the conviction of the Holy Spirit requires the leaving behind of sin, requires a new life, the old desires, the idols, the old man or woman, and the surrendering to God's grace instead, his love, his justice, his mercy in Christ. And now there's a transformation that he causes. This belief is life-changing and you no longer go to those things. There is no more thirst for the believer, but abundance and overflow of living water. It's when I was reading uh, The Pursuit of God a long time ago by A.W. Tozer. He talked about how we taste and see and yet we want more and more in him like we are satisfied and yet we long for him more and more and i think this is a beautiful picture of that the living water how it's overflowing it never runs out and it's no wonder that one of the last verses of the bible is this invitation the spirit and the bride says come and let the one who hears say come and let the one who is thirsty come let the one who desires take the water of life without price that's so beautiful and if you're wondering that's in revelation 22. this is the gospel invitation john macarthur commented the thirsty needy soul feels the craving to come to the savior and drink and receive the salvation he offers that's the thing he offers it just deny yourself deny yourself carry your cross and follow him and so verse 38 says, whoever believes in me, as the scripture says, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Verse 39 says, now this he said about the spirit whom those who believed in him were to receive. For as yet the spirit had not been given because Jesus was not yet glorified. And so the sovereign gifting of the Holy Spirit is the fountain of spiritual and eternal life. And John 16, seven through 11 says, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. 
concerning sin because they do not believe in me and concerning righteousness because I go to the Father and you will see me no longer concerning judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. And so I actually believe Charles Spurgeon so beautifully explained this helper who dwells in the believers and how truly apart from the work of the spirit there is no genuine salvation because he says we who are believers have the most forcible reasons to hold to the holy spirit in the highest regard for what would we be without him he gave us understanding that we might know the truth he awakened our consciences convicting us of our sin he gave us a hatred of sin he gave us hatred of sin and led us to repent he taught us to believe and made us see jesus the son of god the spirit has worked in our faith and love and hope and every grace. There is not a jewel in the neck of our souls that he did not place there. Who has comforted us in our distress, directed us in our perplexities, strengthened us in our weakness, and helped us in our infirmities in 10,000 ways? Is it not the comforter whom the Father has sent in Jesus' name? Can I speak too highly of the riches of his grace toward us? We truly cannot. But I want you to understand the reality of the helper, the fact that we are given the Holy Spirit once we are in Christ, but the importance of the gospel. I mean, we talk about the gospel every episode and we will continue to because as I always say, we will never graduate from it. We have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We are enemies of God, children of wrath apart from his grace and we need his mercy. It's like a court in law, like Ray Comfort always kind of visualizes for a person. You have robbed a bank, shot the guard, and now you're in front of the court and what are you gonna tell the judge? Judge, I'll be good, you know? Let me go because I'll be good. He's gonna tell you, no, you're going to jail. You need legal justification. You need legal implications to be let out, but you are a sinner and you cannot get out because you're guilty. You're not innocent. And yet comes the savior. That is the legal implications of the cross. That is what the cross means. He took your place. The wages of sin is death. That is what we deserve. Eternal separation and wrath from God. I mean, hell is the grace of God, the common grace, the fact that we get to see a sunset, the fact that we're not led to all of our desires, our sinful desires. Hell is basically let loose of that. It's just, it's without common grace, apart from that grace of God. And yet he has offered us saving grace. And so, so what does the savior do? He comes in and the judge tells you that even though you're guilty, you can go and completely just, he is not unjust because you can go because someone took your place. Someone was merciful to you. The judge himself gave his son so that you can be let go. And he took your place. He bore your sin, took your wrath, and died in your place. And then he rose again three days later because the debt was paid in full. He was completely innocent. And now he ascended and he is sitting at the right hand of the Father. And he leads those called to himself by asking them to repent and to believe. And they will be in him. They will be children of God because not only will they now be justified and legally declared righteous because of his righteousness credited to us, he gave us his righteousness. But instead now with that, he adopts us as his own children. He holds us fast forever and we will be with him for the rest of the eternity. And as we are here and we are dwelling in this earth, we are to walk in his righteousness hand in hand with him, love him and love people. 
That is a call and we don't do that alone. That's when the living water, the Holy Spirit, he remains with us. And as we remain in his word and as we remain in him and his love, he will hold us fast forever. And so please understand if you're not a Christian, that is not who you have. You don't have the Holy Spirit in you. You don't have salvation. You're a child of wrath, the word of God says, and yet he has been merciful to you. Please repent. What good does it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? The inheritance that we gain is Christ himself. It's God for eternity. And this is all wasting. Life is like vapor and it's nothing. And yet God remains and he is holy, holy, holy. And if you are a Christian, go and preach this good news. Be joyful and live righteously and preach the good news of the gospel. It's the best thing we have. It's what we hold on to as this world falls more and more short. As we even ourselves are struggling against our sin, it's the good news that we hold on to. And as the culture goes more against God, we hold on to the fact that he will hold us fast forever as he promised. Anyways, this is going long and I hope you have a great day. We are praying for you and please reach out if you ever have any questions. You can find more information on our website, www.deepbiblestudies.com, where you will also find the calendar to go along with the book that we will be studying. You can also find us on Instagram at deepbiblestudies and Facebook, where you can know every single time we post a new podcast. Also, we have an email, contact at deepbiblestudies.com, where you can ask us any questions and we will be sure to get back to you. I hope you have a wonderful day and see you next time.